Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Cross-court pass to O'Neal. Go and catch, drive, kicks to Donovan. Catch and shoot, Donovan Mitchell for three, no good. Offensive rebound, Rudy. Back cut, Donovan at the rim, rises high and packs it. Woohoo! 107-105, Jazz by two, inbound to O'Neal. Rudy's at the basket. Rudy will dunk unguarded, the Jazz will win it 109-105. There's David Locke on the call as the Utah Jazz beat the Denver Nuggets on Sunday for their fifth straight win. They've got the Pelicans tonight, and again on Thursday, chance to get six in a row tonight. PK, that was a good win on the road, but did it tell you more about the Jazz, or did it tell you more about the Nuggets? Or did it tell you a lot about both? Uh, it didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. What I expected, actually. It confirmed. It played out the way I thought. You sure, if you want to use confirm, yeah. I don't think Denver's nearly as good as they were last year. I think the Jazz are a little bit better. I think they're better than Denver. They're certainly better than Denver right now. And so now they start, what, six games in a row at home. Lakers start seven games in a row on the road. Oh, man. By the time we get to Valentine's Day, do I hear first place? Ah, well, I guess. Also have to keep an eye on the Clippers because the Jazz are third, but I get your point. They're 1-0 against the Clippers. Why do I worry about them? Get well, out of town. The Lakers are 7-0 on the road. They're not coming home 14-0, right? That would be I very, don't think so. That would be very LeBron-ish if they did. All right, Jazz back at it tonight, 6 o'clock, with the pregame show. First tip at 7 o'clock. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe here at 6, David Locke and Ron Boone at 7. The game's on AT&T Sportsnet and NBA TV. Hashtag NBA. Four seconds to go. Lowry into the paint. Floats it up with one hand and gets it to go. Great execution by Kyle Lowry. Great clock management. Draymond catches. Hand off Curry. Curry backs up. Takes a deep three over Davis. It's good! Curry! Makes it 115 to 110 with a minute five to go. He's got 26. Harden's got it. Three on the way. No good, too strong. Harden is on rebound. Out to the red. Open three. Gone! OKD! On the offensive rebound by the Beard. And the Nets take a two point lead with 34 seconds to go. Busy day for the NBA on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And the holiday capped off by some of the games you heard there on TNT with Kevin Durant hitting a three with 36 seconds left. The Nets beat the Bucks 125-123 as the Bucks take a couple of bad shots uh, right at the end of the game. And the Warriors beat the Lakers 115-113. Lakers were up 19 at one point. They're up 11 going to the fourth. They were still up seven with five minutes left, and they just messed that thing up at the end of the game, PK. Yeah, they did. Lost that 15-point lead there. For whatever reason, LeBron James is like 0-3 against the Warriors on MLK Day, if that makes any uh It really difference. doesn't. It really doesn't <laughs> seem to make any sense at all. It's a Going weird back trend. Those days with uh, Cleveland. So, yeah, uh, Lakers, you know, everyone has a recipe for winning in this league, you know, depending on what team you are and who you have. And the Lakers, they pretty much need big games most of the time from LeBron and Anthony Davis. And LeBron didn't have one of his games that he normally has. He was okay, 
Uh, but then you get somebody else like uh, a Patch Hall and Oubre. Those guys played well. And by well, we always mean scoring. That's what he, oh, he played well. Okay, that meant he, uh, meant he scored and the ball went in the basket with some level of frequency, right? And so that's what happens with the Warriors. Now, the, the Nets thing, you know, watching that game, uh, man, James Harden, he is so prolific offensively. There's just no doubt about it. And now he's motivated again. You know, you, they, they really have a good opportunity to do something there in the East, I think. And I was thinking about Kyrie Irving as I was watching that game because that game was on television before the Laker-Warrior game. And I'm thinking when Kyrie comes back, I give him two weeks. And if he can't blend in, I send him home. Are they better with Kyrie? He's the talent, but, man, you watched him play last night and you think, how's Kyrie going to improve this? The third guy is just going to take possession and shots away from these other two guys. And he always- oh, he can and help him, I believe. But if he comes in and is a problem, then I just say go home. There's a stat on the Lakers I didn't know. I guess it makes sense. I'm just surprised it's happened. The Lakers are now 0-4 when their two stars are held below 20 points. And the surprising thing about that stat is I didn't know there were four games where they both had been below 20 points. I assume those two guys pretty much, you know, roll into the arena and get their 20. Was that this year or including the time last year? I didn't hear that specified. I assumed it was this year, but I don't know. It could have been last year because it seemed like a lot. You're right, so maybe it does go back to last year. Uh, Other games, uh, other teams in the West, you know, you wonder how good they are. The Mavericks lose to the Raptors. The Mavs are under 500 right now, 6-7, and the Suns got beat by the Grizzlies, 108-104. The Suns are running fourth in the West. They are 7-5. and five. They're a game and a half behind the Jazz. A rocket well, the Gri- four and eight the, after losing the Bulls. Go ahead. The Grizzlies now mm-hmm. have won five in a row like the Jazz, the two hottest teams in the league. And that has gotten the Grizzlies up to 7-6, and six, same record as the Warriors. So there is, uh, what is it, one half game separating fourth and eighth. And it's, uh, I think, a full game uh, from 4th to ninth. So, a lot of teams bunched up there. Chance for the Jazz at home. You were talking about the Jazz versus the Lakers, but the Jazz versus all the teams behind them, a chance to get some separation. They got a, got a five-game win streak, and they got six in a row at home. So, if they can I, That's out. not me. I, I don't look behind. I look ahead. Yeah, there it is. Uh, other news, uh, Blazers. C.J. McCollum is going to miss at least the next four weeks. Additional testing revealed a small fracture in his left foot and a midfoot sprain. Left the win over the Hawks on Saturday at halftime. There's a left foot sprain. He's going to be out a week, but they, they found the small fracture, so now it's going to be a month. Well, that's a significant blow to them. Yes. Blazers 8-6, uh, and six, two games over 500 right now, and they're going to have to go without him now for a month. And the Cleveland Cavaliers looking to trade or release former first-round pick Kevin Porter Jr. after he had a screaming match with team officials after his locker was moved to an auxiliary area to accommodate new teammate Torian Prince. He reportedly threw food during the outburst. That's not good. DJ PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utah State back at it tonight facing Colorado State in the spectrum. 7 o'clock. It's a big game, PK, after the Aggies got two wins over the Aztecs. Now they turn around and get the Rams. Boise State, CSU, San Diego State, and Utah State looked like the big four. Now that CSU split two games at San Diego, now that the Aggies swept two games of the Aztecs at home, 
Uh, we'll pair the big four down to the big three. These are two critical games here for the Aggies. Eliminate the Rams. Make it the big two. So it's you and Boise State in the race for the regular season title. Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. Colorado State's 10-3. and They are 7-1 and in the league, and the Aggies are 11-3 and and 8-0 and in the league. Scotty G's got... Scotty G's got the pregame at 6.30, and first tip is at 7 o'clock. That's sad news, PK, former BYU assistant coach and former interim coach. Uh, Don Eagle passed away. Uh, COVID, there'd been some news. He'd gone on a respirator, and then uh, his son tweeting out the news uh, yesterday. That was before you were on the beat. Did you get to know him very well? Or was he no, gone? No, no, I mean, I talked gone. to him. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say we were like yeah. I know some of the other guys. Right. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I just leave that with Rick and the docs. And because of the protocol, we are, it's a no-brainer from the coach's standpoint. You don't have to think about it. You just have to go forward and make sure you have an answer if he's there, an answer if he's not there. Uh, I can't tell you from a medical standpoint where he's at. I mean, I don't know that. So uh, that's their decision. And follow That's Chiefs coach Andy Reid talking about Patrick Mahomes' status. He had to leave the game during the playoff game, and Chad Henning had to come in and finish it. <clears throat> so, concussion protocol. What are they going to have to say about Mahomes playing against the Bills? Uh, the doctors say if yep. he can go, he goes. If he can, he doesn't. Then they got to figure out how to win with Chad Henning. He's got more yeah. career interceptions than he does touchdowns. Bills and Chiefs in the AFC title game. Bucks and Packers in the NFC title game. Packers, PK, and then the other one, let's wait to find out who's quarterback in the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't know that you, I don't know what Vegas is doing on this. I don't know if you have any line with KC uh, because obviously Mahomes makes a significant difference. He's probably the most significant difference of anybody in the league, I would think. Uh, as good as I guess you have to look at the quality of the backup and the good thing about Henny's he's been around it was he like a 13-year veteran yeah so uh, and it was a genius move by Andy Reid then if that's what it comes to to put Henny in there in the last week of the season uh, Mahomes didn't play and get him get him some kind of not that he needs experience but more than just experience playing time so uh, we'll just have to see I mean obviously I hope he plays I don't care who wins any of these games it doesn't matter to me but I want to see the best players out there. And obviously Mahomes is one of the best, if not the best. And then, yeah, I would go Packers uh, a little bit. But I, I think Tampa Bay was set up for this very thing. You know, It wasn't really about the regular season. They got so many veteran guys. And, and Brady, it's, it's just remarkable just what he's doing. And so I'm certainly not ruling them out, but I would think that the Packers would be uh, a little bit of a favorite. And then we'll see how many times the ball's on the ground. And what difference that makes. If it's multiple times like it was for the Saints, it can usually make a difference. And you have zero like the Buccaneers had. <laughs> Obviously, that can make a significant difference. Just just uh, Kyle Whittingham looking at that game thinking, well, of course. He always preaches turnovers and 4 nothing is pretty dramatic. It pa- really is, yeah. Packers are favored by 3.5 over the Bucks. The Chiefs are favored by 2.5 over the Bills. Uh, I guess people are betting on that, but good luck figuring out if Mahomes is going to go or not. It seems seems like a massive deal. You stay away from that till you know. Right. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 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 Hashtag N
Hashtag college football. Based upon what we know, it is clear that Coach Pruitt did not adequately promote an atmosphere of compliance and or monitor the activities of the coaches and the staff who reported to him. Accordingly today, Athletic Director Fulmer and I agree that we have no choice but to move forward with terminating Coach Pruitt. That's Tennessee's chancellor right there on the reason for Pruitt's firing. And then the A.D. Fulmer, who used to be the coach and won the national title there 22 years ago. Uh, he's stepping away, too, so they're cleaning house at Tennessee, expecting major NCAA violations. Although Pruitt's lawyer is already out there saying, no due process, you are just uh, you didn't give him a chance to answer to this, and you uh, are just looking for a reason not to pay out the rest of his contract, and you want him gone. So... The lawyers will wrestle over that. Tennessee football will stagger forward. Not what it was in the glory days, PK, and now it's a complete reset. Well, he didn't win enough. I mean, Sean Miller over there is still keeping his job. He's gotten the multiple NCAs, Sweet 16s, Elite 8s in Arizona. It sounds like the same thing. So I wonder if uh, Pruitt, not so much this season because it was a funky season, but had had a 10-2 season here like the year before. I don't know. Maybe they still would have fired him. I'm not close to the Tennessee situation, nor do I care. Uh, but you wonder if his record would have had more W's than it did. Would they have uh, worked through this thing as they seem to do with the basketball guys? I'm looking at you, Bill Self. I'm looking mm-hmm. at you, Sean Miller, and these guys who've won a fair amount of ball games, you know, and they've been able to just. Uh, uh, even though there's all this uh, chaos going around the program and assistants have been fired, if not indicted, uh, and they still keep their jobs. Meanwhile, Tennessee's not in the SEC title game, and they got a terrible record against George Auburn and Alabama. Really yeah. not all that good against Florida either, I guess. That's, right. They're, right. Not, they're right. not in the top tier of the SEC. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, good season, and underclassmen going to the pros, as you'd expect. Justin Fields, the quarterback, is entering the NFL draft. Uh, he's going to be joined by Tommy Togiai from the uh, Togiai from the uh, defensive line, Wyatt Davis from the offensive line. We'll see if more Buckeyes are going, but uh, time to reload again at Ohio State. Well, at quarterback, they got a kid named Jack Miller who happened to play his ball, high school ball, in Phoenix, Arizona. All right. No, not really. <laughs> not for you. We got Chris Olave coming back, that star receiver. So he's a San Diego kid. He is. Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The New York Mets fired their general manager, Jared Porter, this morning after an ESPN report that uh, he sent explicit unsolicited texts and images to a female reporter in 2016 while working for the Cubs. He acknowledged having sent the numerous texts, said, uh, the more explicit ones are not of me, those are like kind of like joke stock images. <laughs> That's funny. No, really not. So he's out. <laughs> Former, yeah, he was the assistant GM for the Diamondbacks. Mm. Former Cubs star John Lester has a one-year deal with the Washington Nationals. Lester's thirty-seven now. Career postseason ERA two point five one. He's got one hundred ninety-three career wins, closing in on two hundred. And the Nationals, who had that uh, Cinderella run, it was awesome. Everything fell into place and. Now, how do they how do they get back into the postseason and get it going? Last year was a mess for them, but short year, write it off. Putting Lester in the rotation ought to help. 
Yeah, when you've got uh, Strasburg and yep. Scherzer up at the top. So obviously he's not going to be up at the top. We'll see if he still has something. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joins us at 8.30. Will Gillery from The Athletic covers the New Orleans Pelicans and give us a lowdown on the next two games. We'll talk with him coming up at 9 o'clock. It's the Jazz and the Pelicans tonight. More on the Jazz win over the Nuggets coming up next. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotting and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes and Toast brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. At Jerry Signer Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Well, long holiday weekend. There was a lot of sports over the last three days. NFL playoffs, local college basketball. The Jazz win again. The, stre- the streak is now 5 so much going on, what is floating your boat? <laughs> a lot of positivity, a little bit of negativity. Tony says it's the Jazz. Can they go 5-1 and one or better on the homestand? Sure. How confident are you? I mean, yes, they could. I mean, they could go 2-4 and four on the homestand. They could. They could do a lot of things. Oh, I would definitely most uh, absolutely expect a, a a winning record, you know, assuming the guys are healthy and there's no tracing and all that stuff, which you, I guess you can't really assume for its day-to-day deal, so you never know about that. Uh, but if uh, all things are equal, yeah, I think this team has a lot of capability. I said it in the summer or in the off-season, I guess. we got to clarify when we normally the summer was <laughs> the off-season. The off-season. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the off-season, uh, to me uh, – once I saw the roster, which was just basically favors and everybody else, uh, Clarkson, they had to resign, and they did. Uh, I thought this team was capable of finishing second, and I still believe that. I think this team is capable of finishing second. Well, they haven't done anything to uh, wreck those hopes and dreams right now. They're a half game behind the Clippers, and Clippers are in second, and they're in third, so it's right there. It's not a uh, – it doesn't look like a particularly difficult stretch of schedule here as far as, you know, looking at other elite teams in the league. It's weird playing a team twice in three nights, but you set that aside and, yeah, four and two or five and one seems doable. I don't know. You never predict an 11-game win streak. At the same time, there's no one game you look in here and think, well, that's a scheduled loss. I mean, they got one back-to-back, but they're at home. Well, that's just it. I didn't look at the schedule. And I'm not going to. I know they play New Orleans twice. Yep. That's all I know. The scheduling doesn't. Once you've reached a level, the schedule doesn't matter. Yep. The schedule. Once you start looking at the schedule, you're introducing excuses for losing. 
and to me, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not interested in the schedule. Now, if they have injury or tracing, that's a whole other ball game. But until they have that, and they probably will have that at some point, but right now they don't. I mean, Joe Ingles is out, uh, and hopefully he gets back soon. I, I miss watching him play ball. I miss having him be a part of it. He's entertaining to me. We know him. Uh, I don't think uh, I've never known a an active jazz player as well as I know Joe. I got to know Hornacek uh, after the fact pretty well, working with him alongside television as you did and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But that was after. Uh, and I root for him, and I miss him out there. Uh, but other than that, you know, they're capable of doing what they do. And so I'm not interested in what the schedule says. I'm interested in what the team does. Aren't you interested in what the schedule says if it says they should win? I mean, I get that people look they at should, it and get They excuses, should win every game. But when you look at – well, I mean, if you, if you had on that schedule, if you had elite teams in the NBA, you think they should win every one of those? Who's more elite than them? The Lakers, the Nets, uh, the, Nets? the Bucks, the, the Bucks. Well, they'd be a threat to a win streak. I mean, these are the best teams in the NBA. I mean, if you think oh. they're better than all these teams, they're going to take them out. Then you're picking them to win the championship, and you're not. You're picking them second. Right. That's why. Hence, who's better than the Jazz? That's why I asked that question. So, are they? I don't. They're not going to. I don't care about anybody in the East. Uh, are they playing the Lakers or the Clippers? I don't know. Are they? Other than that, no, no. Pelicans, okay. uh, Warriors on Saturday. There's a Saturday afternoon game. Remember they had that Dallas game last year? Same thing. It's a, yeah, it was a lot of fun watching It's a rarity. That. Well, they got that on this Saturday. They'll be playing the Warriors Good. at three. So, yeah. I mean, they can lose these games, but I'm not interested in the schedule. Schedule doesn't matter to me. I don't. That's your thing. I, I don't care what the schedule says. This team is capable of winning. I know they're not going to win all their games. I get that. It's shooting comes and goes to an extent. Uh, so... I can't predict which game Clarkson is going to lay an egg and which game he's going to go for 30 in 25 minutes. I don't know that. I know that both could happen. So this, the schedule is – that's just a, a variable to me that doesn't play into it. It's more about the Jazz. If the Jazz play well, they should win. It doesn't matter who they play. And if I couple it with the fact that they're at home, then they're to me, the Jazz at home – playing well, they're on an individual game-by-game -game basis, there's no team in the league that's more elite than them. And it's not about picking them to win the championship because there you have to beat the team four times. We're talking about one time. So it's two different things. It's drastically different. So it's not about picking them to win it all by any stretch. It's not about them pick, picking them to win it all. It's about picking them to win tonight and whatever game day is. That's what it's about. And at home, against whomever is in the league, as long as the team is healthy, I, I believe that they should win. That's the way I look at it. So I don't care what the schedule says. It, it's irrelevant to me. You know, when you talk about them playing well, obviously they did some things well in Denver, but that wasn't a great game. It was a good, good. win, but there were plenty Even better. of things. Yeah, there were plenty from missed free throws to a gazillion offensive rebounds for the Nuggets. There was stuff going wrong in that game, and there's plenty of stuff to, to fix, to work on, to improve. And they didn't have other things well. They got the win. That's all that matters. So yeah. if you're winning and Mike Conley's going 0 for 4 from the free throw line, that's even better. Because he's not going to sustain that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Gobert is really struggling to the level that he's capable of. He's never going to be, I don't think, an 80% free throw shooter. 
but uh, he can be better than a 50, which is about what he is right now. Uh, and so he needs to get better at that because he's getting fouled a fair amount. I think he shot 13 free throws against the Nuggets. That's really, really good. And I think he made seven of them, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that needs to be better. But And then right down the stretch there, they missed four in a row because Gobert missed two, and then Conley came back and missed two. And they still won the game, and Donovan Mitchell didn't have one of his better games. And by better, yeah, we look at scoring and shooting. We scream defense, but we define good games as how many points you had. And so he didn't shoot the ball well, but as he's prone to do, he comes up big in the fourth quarter. And he's so athletic. And it's, I really marvel at some of these guys and their abilities to be as athletic as they are and to be as coordinated and on balance. I mean, he's never off balance. That one move where he's running to running towards the jazz bench across the key and just turns and flips it on the run, going away from the bucket, and it goes in softly. It's really amazing. I think that of a, I've always believed as a collection that the NBA athletes are the best. But you look at some of these truly elite guys – and they just look so smooth and look so balanced. You know, we see Mitchell all the time, so we'll put him up there. And you get somebody like Mike Trout in baseball that just looks like, man, he's always under control. Even the way he walks. He say he gets a walk, a base on balls, and he jogs to first base, and he looks cool doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and you get these guys in football, like a Lamar Jackson, when he's breaking the pocket and he's running. It, it is just, it is so beautiful to watch, and they're so gifted in that way. And Mitchell is right there, and he didn't have the best game, but that's even better. That's the way I want to win, because I know that if they do play and everyone's rolling, well, then we have a Portland win earlier in the year, and we have a San Antonio win earlier in the year, but that's probably not going to happen that many times. The test of your ball club in the NBA is how do you find ways to win when everything isn't cooking. You know, you talk about athletes and the elite athletes and how graceful they are, and like that, their, their ability to play at the highest level goes away because Father Time is undefeated. But we get sent to a uh, we get well, we go to a lot of uh, golf tournaments in the summer, so we get sent to this charity tournament up at Park City, and you got to walk behind the driving range to get to where we're broadcasting from. And I, t- <laughs> I turn and look over there as I'm walking. And all of a sudden I realize, that's Dr. J. And just then he lifts the club, takes one swing, and you're like, oh, like butter. So butter? smooth. The rest of us look like, and yeah, I'm just tied in knots there, you know? And he is just so graceful. And at that point he was had to be late 50. He had probably had to be 60. And, uh, you know, long removed from his playing days, but still so graceful. And we were at, uh, uh, we were up in Ogden. And Jay Hill, a D1 athlete, not Basketball Hall of Famer, but a D1 athlete, and he hits a drive, and you're laughing with him after, and he hit it, what did he hit it, like 300, 300, I mean, just crushed it. it right did the club, middle. Yeah, and the club almost flew out of his hands because he didn't have gloves on, he just put on uh, some sunblock or lo- you know, had lotion, then it's kind of slick and everything. Yeah, the club almost flew out of my hands, just like, just crushed it. They don't lose it. it. They got it. I remember that. Yeah. All right, well, it's the Jazz and the Pelicans tonight, going for six in a row. Anybody else in the West you think even remotely going to push the Jazz here, or it's really about themselves, how well they play, and keep an eye on the two L.A. teams? And that's it. Those are the storylines now. 
Well, again, you have to go with the injury and tracing and what that does and how much havoc, to quote Majerus, does that uh, (laughs) wreck on your schedule. I don't know what's ahead there. It's impossible to predict. They've been fortunate, knock on wood, so far, obviously. And uh, we were with some friends last night, and the three of them, we had dinner, and the other other couple and my wife, they're all talking about cancer. And I thought, you know, I really can't contribute to this conversation because all three of them had had it. Mm. I mean, major situations. And so they and I said, I I don't know what you guys are talking about. And they all three of them simultaneously started knocking on wood for me. Uh, And that's the way I look at it with the injuries and the tracing is they haven't had any of that. Joe's been out, obviously. But other than that, you know, they haven't had that. So. I don't know how that's playing out, but once that does happen, well, that changes the scope of things. But, yeah, right now, to me, it's about this team. It's not about anybody else. And it'll, it would be a, a yeoman's task to have to be to get to the NBA Finals, to have to beat the Clippers and Lakers a combined eight times in a postseason. But it's not, we're not there yet, and so we still have a fair amount of ways to go. I'm just looking at it a game-by-game basis. Uh, to see what this team is capable of doing. And that's why I say it's about them. And the schedule, to me, doesn't matter these next six games. Uh, now, now I know three of them because you told me about the Warriors. And I know I don't. there's no need for me to look at the schedule because I know you study it and you look at it. It's just who you are. I don't look at that. It doesn't matter to me. And if I'm Quinn Snyder... Uh, as they come, and I've got well, I've got my staff and my staff scouts, and they do what they do, and then they give me the information. But I'm completely, totally obsessed, and just I don't, I don't want to even worried is too much. Concentrated about my team, and what do I have on my roster, and who's available to play, and how do we get better? And then if you do that, those things will take care of themselves. And that's where I'm at with this team. And I think that's a good spot. If you're a Jazz fan, I think that's a good spot to be in right now. When we get to the postseason, sure. I don't know that I'd pick them to beat the Lakers and Clippers a combined eight times. Maybe I would. Maybe when we get there, after what, what's, what's the record now, nine and four? So uh, what's that, nine? Let me use my fingers. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So what's 72 minus 13? Or 71. I don't know if they're going to make up that Washington game. So... What do they still have? 72. If they, assuming they're making stuff up because they have to get the regional TV money, they'd have 59 games left. If they don't, Washington's yeah. 58. If they lose some others, you know, well, you knock a down a couple left. more. Right. That's, that's still a ton of ball games to, to play. But as we sit here right now on the morning of the 19th of January, it's really, to me, exclusively about them, not about anybody else. I'm intrigued by who they play just because I have an opportunity to see them play. I've watched some Pelicans ball. Haven't watched them a ton. Seems like they're underachieving the times I've seen them relative to their record. Uh, but now we get to see them two full games. So I'll see them, uh, what's 48 times two? Help me out here. 96? Yep. Uh, I'll get to watch them play for 96 minutes. So uh, we'll see what's going on there. I'm interested to see uh, Zion how they play. So that'll be fun to watch. So other than that, uh, I want to see what this ball club can do. I expect it to to win knowing that, you know, if you start getting up to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 wins in a row, there's not too many teams who do that. 
So there's probably going to be a loss in there somewhere. But the great thing about it now is that I don't have that level of uh, roller coaster that I think we had a little bit earlier in the season. You know, we were joking that when they played on Sundays, we'll make sure they win because then when we do Sunday night TV, we're real positive. Whereas if they lose a couple, we'll think, oh, man, this is awful. This team sucks, blah, blah, blah. I think right now, and it could change, but right now I'm past that of just going up and down, up and down, up and down. When you're winning five in a row and you're seeing the way they win and guys starting to play well, uh, particularly I'm looking at you, Mike Conley, you know, you're very, very consistent after a complete and total season of inconsistency. Now you've got a level of consistency about you, and you just look so much more comfortable. And that's such a great addition uh, to the team that they didn't have last year. Even though they had the same human being, they didn't have this type of consistency out of him. Well, now they do. So that's why I expect them to continue to play well, and I'm off the roller coaster right now knowing that i possibly could get back on it but right <laughs> but now i'm off it we're off the roller coaster because they're off the roller coaster they've won five in a row and it is about them because when you go back and look at the four losses if you want to be a total homer you can say they're all the jazz's fault and they should have won all those games recognizing as you say it's hard to be 13 and 0 to start the season because look around the nba and nobody is if it were easy somebody would have done it so the Suns were playing well at that point, and they played well that night, so set that one aside. But the Minnesota loss, two in New York, at the minimum, they should have beaten Minnesota home, and they should have split those two games in New York. They should have won at least one of them, even if one got away. And so yeah. I think it really is about them, and although it will be fun to see Zion and you know, watch the Pelicans and try to figure out why they're underachieving because we thought the arrow was up there, but it's still about the Jazz. And do they play well? And yes, playing well, you know, do you hit shots? Do you make threes? Because if they go out there and hit 20 or 25 three pointers, they're probably going to win. But you got these other storylines. I mean, when you, when you give up as many offensive rebounds as they gave, in, gave up in Denver, it's going to be impossible not to watch for that tonight. And I would assume that those numbers will get, you know, get back in line. And, you know, the stuff that went wrong in those losses, are they going to give up 30 point quarters? You know, that's it's always a red flag when the other team, are they going to struggle with turnovers and give up a bunch of fast breaks? Um, you know, so there are all these things to look for, but it, it's still mostly going to be about them. And when it is about them, that's usually a good sign because more often than not, they're going to win. I, I think the other thing to watch, and, and this goes back to what you said in the last segment about Chad Henney, you know, you never know. It, you're always trying to get your team improve, and one way the Jazz can improve is they got these young guys that need a little more depth. These guys need to play. Mayoni gets to play because Joe's out. And, you know, you have no idea what you're going to need from him in game 40 or 60 or somewhere in the playoffs. And guys just have to play. This is a chance for him to play. And you never know when somebody else's chance is going to come along, whether it's tonight or Saturday or next week or whatever. So I think that's another thing to watch for here because – we know injuries are a problem in the playoffs. We're seeing that in the NFL right now. We've seen it in the NBA. We've seen it with the Jazz. They missed Bogdanovich last year. And yet, it's Kyle Whittingham. Nobody, you know, half the people don't care about your problems, and the other half are glad you have them. So you're going to have some injuries at some point. They're, they've been pretty healthy now, and Joe's the one exception, but they've had a guy step in. And for one night, he played well. Now, it's all about the consistency. Connolly's providing it. A young guy's probably going to have some ups and downs. 
But, hey, every, everything's a test. Every night is a test. And so, how well is and he going to do tonight? this is only a test. It's a test, but it's only a test. Beep, beep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think the one thing you said there that I totally agree with is that we're off the roller coaster because they're off the roller coaster. Right. And people have asked, you know, about uh, speaking about the team and, you know, can you be critical and all that. Well, really, it's can you be obvious? I think that's one of the reasons we've lasted 19 years with more on the horizon is if whatever team plays well, they, they play well. If they don't play well, then we say they don't play well. And whether – uh, you're friends with any of these guys, it doesn't really matter. It becomes obvious. When the Cougars were 4-9, I, I mean, I like Kalani just as much as the next guy, and everybody likes him. But when you're 4-9 and Detmer was a hero around here, but the offense sucked. Well, the offense sucked. <laughs> he wasn't good at his job. I mean, I, sure, Detmer is a world-class human being, and I love, would have loved him to succeed, but it didn't. So... Our jobs become really obvious in that way. You determine what we say. Not really me, you. If you play well, we say you play well. If you stink, we say you stink. <laughs> and it's really, there's no real mystery to it. It's not about being a homer or being a friend or whatever. They decide what we say. It's really simple and easy that way. All you got to do is be able to step up to the plate and say what the fan in his car wants you to say <laughs> because he's watched the game himself and he knows. And, and most fans, if you're listening to sports radio, most of you have a level of sophistication and you don't want smoke. And so we're off the coaster now. Because they're off of it. It's well said by you. That's where we're at today. And we can be positive because they are winning. Right. Simple as that. And if they have 20 turnovers and give up 20 offensive rebounds tonight and lose to the Pelicans, we are on the roller coaster tomorrow morning. But if they go out and play the way they've been playing, probably be in here talking about a six straight win. That, that's what I would expect. But if you go out there and you have a UMass, then we're going to come in and be negative. UMass being yeah. the low point of the four and nine season, and lose to UMass at home. That was, mm-hmm. that oh, was, yeah, was not visible. good, right? But yeah. you got to be able to say that, and then you got to be able. You, you can't come in and, and be a Ute fan on the rivalry and ignore the fact that BYU just ran Boise State off the field on the blue turf. I don't care which quarterback it was; the quarterback doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. So, say the obvious. Say what we just saw, and then if you can't, that's a problem. All right, for the Jazz, Pelicans tonight. Pelicans again on Thursday. Where do they go with this win streak? Uh, all right, so in addition to talking a lot of sports, we talk about our own lives. And PK, you got a weird story. This is a small, small world. Sing it, Disney fans. We will get to that next. DJ and PK, also the weekend in college hoops, the NFL playoffs, plenty to get to this morning. Steve Cleveland will be here to talk jazz and talk win streaks at 830 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. We are T-minus 54 minutes away from Eric Weddle coming on the show with a flamethrower. Well, you got to start with that. <laughs> Eric, how are you? 
I just sitting back, you know. It's one thing to be semi-good at what you do as a living, but it's even better to know mentally on another level than all you mere mortals, so... <laughs> It is really hard in six NFL games to go five and one. On the flip side, it actually is also pretty hard to pick six games and to miss all six games. <laughs> you can randomly like close your eyes and pick between one team or the other and be better than Owen Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK want to remind you Valentine's Day is not far away. Flowers make the perfect gift. Jimmy Flowers. Jimmy's Flowers is a longtime partner with The Zone, and they can make it easy. All you got to do is visit them at jimmysflowers.com. Remember, Valentine's is on a Sunday this year. Jimmy's Flowers at jimmysflowers.com. All right, PK. People dream of hitting the trifecta. That's a horse racing term from your youth right there. Well, probably a lot of our listeners <clears throat> might have uh, gambled a little bit on NFL playoffs over the weekend. They wanted to hit the trifecta. You hit a bizarro trifecta in real life. <laughs> a trifecta? Well, oh, I, mean, I, got I know all about the small world thing, but, man, when stuff starts lining up like this, it really is weird. Ah, I got a neighbor who was flying a flag... That says NAU Lumberjacks. Well, that's where it all began. <laughs> Flagstaff, Arizona. The, the teenage PK. PK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some wild times. I spent two years in Flagstaff, Arizona. Not far from Winslow, Arizona, by the way. Just uh, up the road, off the 40 a little bit, for those of you who uh, know the song of... Uh, Standing on a corner. Yeah, not far from Sedona, Arizona. Now, Sedona, Arizona was in the news last week with Mr. George Niang because he said he was channeling the Michelle Branch song. I think it's called Breathe. And Michelle was born and raised in Sedona, Arizona. And Sedona has Oak Creek Canyon, and everybody in NAU, once uh, March hits, you start going down there. It's not that far away. It's less than about an hour, less than an hour, but uh, the temperature is much warmer. So people would flock to Oak Creek. And actually, I think that... Uh, is, that where you know, Jackson, is that where Slide Rock is? There is. I've done that, yes. Yes, I yeah. did that as a little kid. My brother was just a yeah. couple months ago in the middle of a pandemic doing nothing, was digging through some of my father's old slides and found us at Slide Rock as little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little creek. You sit down, you slide down it. That's what it's, that's scary. And actually, that song that was inspired in Winslow, Arizona, they were going to Sedona, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, but so I have a little bit of history in northern Arizona. Uh, I don't talk about it as much, but I'm a big sky guy way back when. And so this guy has a flag, and I noticed, wow. In Utah, flying a flag of Northern Arizona University, you don't see that very often, right? So, in fact, I don't know that I've really ever seen it. So, I finally get the chance to talk to him. I'm walking down the street, and he's backing up out of his driveway. And uh, I single to him, roll down the window. I said, hey, I know you got the the flag from uh, Northern Arizona. Yep, proud of him. Not only that, he actually had a sweatshirt on that was a Northern Arizona sweatshirt at the time I spoke to him. 
And uh, so he says, yeah, he's a little older. He graduated in 72. Now, that was long before I was even in high school or went to northern Arizona, right? Uh, He said, yeah, I came up from Southern California, and it was such a drastic change. Uh, You know, the weather, the people, the landscape, and blah, 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 right? And and obviously it was. I can only imagine what it was then, because what it was when I was there versus what it is now, wow, it's drastically different. It was a much smaller town with far fewer uh, amenities than it has now, because I've driven through, depending on... If I drive to Arizona now, for other reasons, I always go through Las Vegas. Uh, Several years ago when I would drive to Arizona, I'd go through Page and through Flagstaff. And you can bypass it or you can get on the main road and go through Flagstaff. And a couple times I did just to look at it and drive and reminisce. And it's changed dramatically. So he's going on. He's telling me all these stories. stories. And I said, uh, where uh, did you come from from Southern California? And he says, oh, I came from a harbor town where the uh, sewage meets the sea. And I thought to myself, oh, you're kidding. (laughs) He says, yeah, I came from San Pedro, California. I said, well, sir, uh, Roger's his name. I said, you're not going to believe this, (laughs) but I lived in San Pedro for 10 years. What is going on here? NAU to San Pedro to Utah. What is going on? I said, I thought to myself, uh, you don't have any history in New Jersey, do you? (laughs) Were you born, you know, on the East Coast? (laughs) I didn't ask him that. I should have. Uh, We didn't talk about the East. uh, He he was telling me about, yeah, I had a a condo on Western Avenue. I said, well, I had an apartment on Western Avenue. (laughs) So... Uh, and then he said, and then I bought another one uh, over the Baywater area. It was a little more upscale. I said, oh, yeah, between Western and Gaffey. Yeah, yeah, I know it well. Bizarro <laughs> world. It was, yeah, when he plucked that out, I mean, SoCal is a pretty big region. Why does he have to and, be from San Pedro? I mean, this is- and Pedro is where Nick Ford is from, the offensive lineman for Utah, and it is where literally the L.A. Harbor and so it's on a hillside, and it's sort of remote. You don't drive through it. You drive to it. I mean, you wouldn't be driving. There's no way you would be driving to it. It's not along the freeway. It literally ends where the Harbor Freeway ends, and you're right there on the waterfront. Uh, so I thought, of man, this is really, really bizarre. Bizarre enough to where I decided to text you to tell you about it. <laughs> I got to laugh. Because <laughs> I knew, I thought, oh, DJ, this is the type of stuff that he likes. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know what it means. Stay in touch with that guy. It might mean something. You never know. It was bizarre. And I haven't, I told my wife, obviously, because she, was, she wasn't with me in Flagstaff, but she lived with me in California. So I told her. And then I told a friend of mine who uh, actually lived in Pedro and then retired to the St. George area. And so he's living down there now. Uh, Funny, I knew a couple of two couples from California uh, and they they moved one moved down to Huntington Beach and the other one was a, a colonel in the Air Force and actually moved back. He had to work in D.C. So he moved back to northern Virginia, which is a suburb of uh, uh, D.C., obviously, 
one of his neighbors, I think I told you this a few years back, was Scott Norwood, the kicker for the uh, yep. Bills, who missed that uh, kick in the Super Bowl. That was uh, one of his neighbors. Well, anyway, he he's like 15 years older than me, and he retired, and they moved to St. George. So I know a couple of folks uh, from California that oh, both of them older than I am that retired and now live in the St. George area. As we know, that area is just booming. Some could say out of control. I'm not sure, depending on what your opinion is, but it certainly is booming. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Football had the playoffs over the weekend, but your favorite basketball team, whether it was the Jazz, the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, Whoever, there were so many games this weekend. We'll get to what happened to your favorite team. The Jazz aren't riding the roller coaster. But everybody else, we'll we'll get to that next. Stay with us.